Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. Hello and welcome to the First and Fifteen podcast. This is the Southern Region coverage and my name is Jay Balloway. I'm delighted to be joined by our regular panellist, Lewis Phillips. Good day. And Ryan Homolo McEveney. Hello. Boys, we're, uh, we're a little bit late. We didn't bother to do a, a preview podcast at all this time around. Um, let's put that down to poor timing. But we are back. We're back to talk about the action from game day five of the South, uh, nationally game day six. Um, certainly a wet one in the Premiership and in one of the Div 1 fixtures, but some sunny weather over, uh, over the clear southern moors of Salisbury. Uh, but Home Alone, we're going to come to you first, talking about the Premiership games. From my understanding, they're all all in Aylesbury, um, so you've got a bumper bumper amount of things to talk about. But first, uh, I've been sent a message from our esteemed colleague Gareth Price before he's making his big two-month expedition abroad, uh, just to talk about the Reading Devils Sharks game. And I'm going to read uh, from from his message. In the pouring rain, Howell threw four picks in the first half, three of them to me, that'd be Gareth Price, and an XP pick. Neil refused to pass. Th- the ball more than five yards and let Shorty and Will do most of the damage before always letting Vin score the TD. That last bit wasn't planned but felt right. I would say the Devils need a plan B on offense for the rain but home alone is a much better place to say what went wrong for them besides me being the Devils most prolific receiver in the first half. The game finished. Sharks 38, Devils 13. Home alone, care to comment? Well I was initially hoping we wouldn't bring this game up um, but no I, I think Gareth has it right. Um, I, I think the rain definitely hindered us to a very great extent. We've come in with an ideal game plan and just really weren't able to run it um, at all. Um, and as typical Sharks games go for us, we were in a hole before we even realised um, that we were. So, yeah, it, it was tough. Um, and we just didn't play well at all, really. Um, I, I don't think there's too much more to read into it than that. I, I think if the game's played in the dry it'd be a different game but obviously it wasn't so yeah sharks were the sharks against the devils it is pretty typical fashion for us i think we've making it a very recurring thing at the end of the day but you know what that is what it is and maybe we'll see them later on this season and uh bearing in mind you have gb silver corner and met office employee isaac harding as part of your ranks how did you fail to not realize it was going to rain i think we realized it was going to rain but not as bad as it started coming down in that game Um, because it was wet for the other games and we didn't have as many problems there. I think Neil Henderson's voodoo definitely uh, made a return as such. Yes, he probably he's probably watched that tape of the Copenhagen game thousands of times to uh, he's been like cursing over it and doing ancient chants to uh, put some voodoo back into the devils. He couldn't stand for two losses to us in a season. No, that would have uh, there would have been a gap that would have opened up in the earth and then we would have all been swallowed up. I think if that happened, but I think anyway. that okay. is the symbol of the apocalypse at that point. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, look, Gareth would love to muse more about that, but we don't have any more detail because you don't want to talk about it. So we'll have to move on. Uh, Northants Titans nineteen, Aylesbury Vales Spartans thirteen. Tell us about that one. Yes, this is one of the opening games of the day, um, and it was an absolute thriller. I, I think Northants probably wouldn't have expected to be in such a close game with a team like Aylesbury to start the day. Um, 
But I think as we'll sort of discuss a bit later on, I think Aylesbury are a fantastic team in the wet. They do always seem to come with a good game plan and like um, the Devils did. Um, and they really executed it to perfection. Um, so this game was very much back and forth, um, the whole of the game, really. Um, and it took Northampton to the final drive of the game to actually get that final touchdown to go ahead. So I, I think it really goes to show just how much closer the Premiership is getting in terms of um, overall talent of teams um, from top to bottom. I think there's a bit of a gap to start of the season, um, but now I think it's really closed up and frankly, maybe barring the smoke, I think anyone can beat anyone, um, which I think is really encouraging to see going into the sort of playoffs a bit later on this season. And obviously Northampton's probably without one of their best corners throughout the year, um, who I believe has moved back to the States. Uh, do you think that their defence were affected at all, or is it just simply uh, Aylesbury stepping up to that mark and now boxing with the big boys? I think it was a bit of both, really. Um, I think with Rashad Bailey out as well for Northampton, I think it really, really did hurt them um, on that side of the ball. Um, but it, again, I think Aylesbury did step up um, a bit as well. So big credit to them. Um, I think on the balance of things, Northampton probably did deserve to win. They did move the ball a bit more consistently, but just couldn't quite finish it in the end zone. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a good showing for both teams there, really. Um, and sort of staying with Northampton, then the Devils-Titans Devils, Devils uh, fixture was 33-19 to the Devils. Uh, slightly drier, presumably, um, than the, the Sharks game for the Devils. Is it the same sort of story for the Northampton-Titans? Um, I think so, yeah. Um, I, I think almost, if not necessarily, I don't want to say outclassed, but I, I think the Devils definitely did outplay the Titans in this game. Um, I think anytime you sort of score 33 to 19, it is always going to be a big difference. But I, I think this was kind of a opposite to the Sharks game for us. I think we did play this one um, absolutely perfectly. Um, Isaac Harding was absolutely on fire and pulled down two or three um sort of deep balls that were sort of maybe 50-50 contested catches. Um, and again, we went up relatively quickly, um, which put Northampton in a hole. So it's very hard to chase games when you're down by a couple of scores. Um, but yeah, I think it was just worth noting that, again, Devils had a perfect game that one. Um, the Titans, again, I think they were still reeling a bit from that Aylesbury win, in a weird way to say. Um, but yeah, I think Devils were very much credit for that scoreline. And gone, we'll round out the Devils fixtures then by talking about the 25-24 game versus the Hurricanes. So this was the very final day of the game and I, I think everyone was just a bit ready to go home um, at this point, but we still had a game to play um, and it very much was um, a thriller. So it, I think we had two drives each to start the game um, and no one had scored at this point. I think we were sort of midway through the first half, which for a flag game day is quite rare. Um, until a pick six by Callum McKeveney. He is usually on the receiving end of being mossed, um, but he actually ended went up and picked a 50-50 um, ball off for, I think, probably the first time in his life um, and returned it for six. So that was um, a great way to start the day. Um, and I think that semi-opened the floodgates. Um, and from there, it was back and forth in terms of scoring. Um, I think we pulled ahead with about, that's, I want to say six, five or six minutes left um, and before the Hurricanes went down, scored a touchdown themselves but missed the extra point. Um, the Devils then drove down the field, um, got themselves in scoring range, just about two minutes left um, before we ran a 2Q 
two QB play and uh, JT throws a pick in the end zone, which gave the Hurricanes um, the ball again to sort of close out the second half effectively with two minutes to go down by a point. Um, but the Devils defense stood strong um, to win the game. So mostly there, I just want to shout out um, how well the Hurricanes really did play in that game um, and just how much of a good team they still are overall, even without their sort of best players. Um, There's no Costas, no um, is it Joe, their quarterback. Yep. Yeah. Um, so they weren't there, but th they were still a very fantastic team. Um, and you can still see the absolute potential they do have on that roster, even without those two standout players. So I think they'll definitely be back in the national championship conversation next year. Um, I'm pretty sure they'll be very, very excited for that. Good stuff, good stuff. And then final one from the Premiership round of fixtures. Sharks 34, Spartans 34. Um, so I was hiding in the car for a bit of this, so I only caught the end. Um, so I'll go with what Gareth said um, for a bit. Uh, it looks like the Spartans, again, were very good on offence. I know we played them in the rain earlier in, on in the season, um, and they are a very good wet weather team. They just didn't seem to make any mistakes that day. Um, and I'm sure putting up 34 points on the Sharks, they didn't make any mistakes um, in this one either. It looks like they had some very close um, calls, which they were ended up converting on. Um, and then I think the Sharks had the ball to um, end the game um, and couldn't convert late on. So I think a tie is very rare in flag football. So anytime we see one, it's always worth bringing up. Um, but yeah, I, I think, again, just goes to show how well Aylesbury played on the day. Um, and again, just the closeness of the Premiership right now. It's an important game, really, for the for the Spartans to have not won, if you see what I mean. Um, and yeah. I'm going to read, I'm going to go through the table right now as it is on League Republic. So we've got Smoke at the top at 12-0, uh, who are absolutely smashing it in terms of points for and points against. Um, and we know that their defence is dealing with some injury crisis as well. So even more impressive to be fighting through that. Titans dropped their first couple of games for the season, um, but still lead the Devils second to third. Flash down in fourth with at seven and five, and Chichester behind them just seven five. Phoenix and Hurricanes have uh, well, Phoenix are at seven and six. Hurricanes are at six and eight. Uh, Victoria Park Panthers at four and eight, and then we've got the Spartans at three one and eight. So dropping that game really potentially it might cost them avoiding the promotion and relegation uh, bracket right at the end of the year, which we'll come on to later at the end of this podcast. Um, and Cheltenham Neptunes at three and nine in 10th and Cal Cougars 0 and 15 at the bottom. Can um, I jump so, in with that quickly? Uh, yeah, for so sure. Mentioning it. Um, Cause I, th I think you say there may be a missed opportunity, um, which it is, but I, I also think it could be to their benefit as well. They play Aylesbury who are the other team down in that conversation. Um, on the or they play Victoria Park. I do apologise um, for that game day. So if they were to win that, then that tie would actually put them um, above Victoria Park. So I think while it is a missed opportunity, it's also one gained for them, um, and I think it does leave all to play in that final game day for them. So it's it's important to note that Victoria Park hold the head to head at the minute. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head how, what the the score difference was. Um, so Aylesbury need to beat Victoria Park and overcome that score difference but you're right if if that draw there's they've obviously got one other game on that game day but if that draw was a was a win um that puts them on you know the same record four and eight going into the final game you could end up in a situation where you know this all to play for on the last game of the day this this draw 
puts it as uh, puts it as you know um, advantage Victoria Park because they need to uh, basically they just need to win one game um, and then it's not lose by as much so it's advantage VPP. In my head, Lewis, and you may have just said this, and I'm just misunderstanding it, uh, but I want to be clear. So, so assume that uh, Spartans and Panthers lose the rest of the games for the sake of easy maths. If uh-huh. if the Spartans beat the Panthers, they would be four one and whatever, and the Panthers would be four one and four zero and less. So, in theory, the Spartans would have a better record. That's how that works in my head. That's my so, understanding of it too. Let's say, let's say, let's say they lose. The other two, the other game they have on the day, so they would both be they would be four nine and three one and nine, and then Aylesbury Vale beat Victoria Park, so it would be Victoria Park would be four and ten, and Aylesbury Vale would be four one and nine. So yeah, that would be a better percentage. Yeah. So actually, regardless of regardless of that draw to Home Alone's point, it is a massive. It, you know, compare saying that saying that in theory, not many people take a game off the Sharks, right? Especially down that that end of the table, that is an absolute gem because what it does is set that game up in theory to be a winner winner takes all in terms of promotion relegation. Especially um, working against a point differential, which I believe was a couple of scores as well. I think it just takes yeah. the pressure off that element. You know, it, with all you know, in that ceteris paribus scenario where all of the games are equal and this is the only game that matters, it sets that eighth ninth conversation up to be a real barnstormer of a game, and and I'm sure ESPN eight will be down to uh, to stream that for us. Um, cool, Home Alone. Anything else to talk about Premiership wise before I do the news? I think that's everything. Good stuff. Then let's do the news. Uh, a couple of sad stories coming out the South this week. So Western Supers have announced today, uh, day of recording, that they are going to be forfeiting their last game. Few, uh, few holidays and injuries causing their um, limited squad numbers for the day. I think they're only able to bring four down. Um, so they are making the early calls to say we won't be there. So that will be a win, I believe, off the top of my head, Lewis, for Gwent and Cardiff, one meal apiece. Um, yeah. And then other sad news as well. Cowan Cougars will be forfeiting their last few games of the year. Um, only two, not three, which means they still are in the context for um, playoff relegation. Gustav, anything else to announce, Lewis? Home alone? Either of you pregnant? So. <laughs> <laughs> no? Not last time I checked. Good. Well, look, you keep checking. Always important to check. Uh, Div 1, Div 1 Lewis. Um, again, we don't have anybody to cover the opposite game day, but I know there's some good stuff to talk about. Would you like to start in the Salisbury side or the Buckinghamshire side? Uh, I think the Buckinghamshire side, despite the fact that none of us were there looking at the scores, um, had had probably the most interesting day. So um, there's, there's just a couple of things like general musings rather than specific games. But like we just talked about the Supers having uh, forfeited the last game day. Some really interesting looking scores uh, in this one. So, okay, they go out and beat Seoul at 52 0. Who hasn't? Um, then they go up against the, the hosts, the Buckinghamshire Wolves. Wolves at home, a famously good defense. Uh, you know, they're going to have, you'd imagine they've got their full strength squad because it's right on their doorstep. And they go up and beat the Bucks Wolves 32 12. And then they go out against, yeah, from, by all accounts, which is no mean feat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot this year about. 
supers going to game days with five or six men squads and and having long days of it and it being really tiring. Then they go up against one of the one of the best defenses in the south probably, um, and and go out and get a win. Uh, that's yeah, no no mean feat at all. And then they go against by all accounts an understrength Waveney Wolves squad. Um, from what I heard from Dan, missing a couple of key pieces on defense. Uh, and put up an L, 21-12. What's going on? It's completely you know? random. It's a complete um, lot. <laughs> and we'll get on to the Falcons in a minute, but, you know, the Falcons uh, just um, just smashed Waveney, uh, put put a 50-burger on them. Um, so you, and, and then for, yeah, for Weston to go out and only put up 12 points and give up 21 after beating Bucks Wolves, oh, it's all over the place. Absolutely, yeah, I... I... Yeah, you know, I, I think Western Western have probably been a bit of a, a victim of, of of busy, more adult lives now. I think you know a couple of them have got kids, and I'm not sure the practices are are as regular. But certainly a, a talented, talented team, right? When they put it together, capable of beating most of the best teams in the in the country when they really, really play well. Um, obviously, a few of them travel to international tournaments as well and get their feet wet in that sense. You know, so they're able to turn over these really, really high, highly trained defenses like Buckinghamshire Wolves, and then. They'll have just these moments where they play Wolves and we're not disrespecting Waverley at all, but they're a growing team. They're young, they're inexperienced. And in theory, that should be a, a, a game where Super's experience should take over and just and just at least push them through to a win. I'm not saying it should be conclusive. And then yeah, Waverley pull this one at the back. Is, is, it, is, it just, is it just a masterclass from, from Waverley? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's mad, isn't it? Because yeah, there are teams this year that I would expect Waverley to, to beat comfortably and, you know, teams that I would expect them to to compete with and maybe steal the game off. Western's not one of those teams. Uh, you know, I by all means Waveney should be should be should be beating the likes of uh I think that I think they have pulled ahead of the likes of Salisbury City, um and, and certainly Solon sure. like they and, and they're now competing with the likes of Chichester Sharksby, um, you know, beating Cardiff Bay Coates, maybe competing with um like the likes of Gwentgate, like that's kind of the level that Gwentgate is kind of like, we can push ourselves and if we have a perfect game, we can probably beat them. Um, whereas I don't think we would have said the same last year. Um, but Western, I would not have expected Waveney to pull out uh, this kind of a scalp, especially a, a Western team that, you know, has just has just gone ahead and, and beaten one of the best defences in, in our division. For sure, and Western, you know, they've they've played the they've played the upset kings this year, really, haven't they? Because, in the sense of they, they've just turned up to some game days and turned results around that have, have been really critical in, in team seasons. Um, I'm trying to look for it now, but I, did they beat Swansea earlier in the year? Am I being mistaken with that one? Uh, uh, no, no, Swansea. Team. Swansea have only lost two games. They've lost to Kingsham and Exeter. Okay, my bad. Okay, fine, but. It, it, they've played the spoilers. They've beaten teams like Bucks Wolves. They, they've taken they've taken good scalps off there. They pushed the London Spark, who are a really good outfit, hard. Um, and then they turn around and lose the odd game to people like Waveney. It's it's very bizarre. But I'm sure they're they're enjoying playing the uh, the upset kings and and just you know annoying people as they as they go through their year. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Sums them up perfectly, doesn't it? I don't know how they're doing in terms of their rock paper scissors uh, tournament though. I haven't caught up caught up with them yet. I don't know how they'll be counting that at the end of the season with their forfeits. I wonder if they'll just put those as DNFs or maybe they'll <laughs> maybe they'll put the stat down to Matt instead of uh, instead of Garth. I don't know. Um, yeah, well, interesting. Right in right in Weston to let us know how the uh, rock paper scissors <laughs> is going. Uh, and Exeter, Lewis, you you want to talk about your old team? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, props to the the five man Falcons. They took a, a lean squad. Um, I can't remember exactly who. I think you, you got Ethan and Patrick were sort of swapping back and forth QB duties. Nicky G, the offensive coordinator, you got Will, the defensive coordinator, and and a new guy Gaz, um, who uh, I saw for a couple of training sessions before I left, was very promising. Um, has played before a sort of youth level, but hasn't played for a couple of years. And saw him at um, the first and fifteen tournament and looked really impressive on on both offense and defense. Saw him getting some contested catches in the end zone and taking some picks, some interceptions away as well. So um, definitely a a name to keep an eye on Gary Shaw in that respect. So that's your that's your five guys, and they go for a long away day in Buckinghamshire. They've got three games, just the five of them to play. They put up two fifty burgers, a total of one hundred and thirty points for, and and uh, only ninety one against. Um, and then you know, unfortunately, the the dream had to come to an end when they played, as we mentioned, uh, that that famously good Buckinghamshire Wolves defense on the last game of the day. You know, just played two games. Tired legs, playing Iron Man all day. Uh, I, I think um, fair to say some of us might have expected it to be uh, a bit a bit more of a spanking. Um, and but it's uh, just a, a three score deficit. I think it was forty seven twenty something um, was the was the final score. And after a long day, I think yeah, definitely a, a round of applause for for the Iron Man Falcons for putting on quite an impressive uh, showing on a long day. Absolute admiration for that team. Yeah, I mean, flying high with five is 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 brave in any in any format, even when it's designed to be like that. But absolutely, some fire in the in the bellies of some Falcons there, making a making a huge impact on the on the game day in a in a wet day in Buckinghamshire. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The weather definitely played played a part, and uh, you know, putting 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 up fifty two points on Solon again. Like I said, who hasn't? Um, but put in 53 points on the Waveney Wolves, 53-32 that game finishes, um, 50 points on Waveney, I think um, I think I mentioned uh, in, in a previous podcast that like that's with with where the Falcons are at you know, I think we talked about it in our chat that we knew they would only take in five guys up uh, Waveney up and come in I think most of us probably had that as a, as a, a scalp that Waveney could have taken Knowing that Exeter were only taking five five people, and you know how steady was the ship going to be since it's been a you know a turbulent season for them, um, but for the Falcons to turn that game over and 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 be quite dominant in it as well, you know, and put up fifty points is just like no no we're we're still around, um, and I think it's just yeah unfortunate that uh, unfortunate scheduling that they played. Buckinghamshire uh, on the on the last game of the day definitely would have been down on paper as their as their most difficult game of the day, and they've got to play them on the, the most tired of legs. I would blame the guy that did the schedule. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's screwed them over twice this year, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, all right. Um, anything else to talk about from that Buckinghamshire game day? No, I think that's it. Cool. All right, let's move over to Salisbury. Um, I, I, and, I, and listeners, we always we always sort of give a bit of appreciation to the east of the Division One um, side, uh, purely on the basis we don't have a representative from that area, so we don't always see some of these teams. So first time for me and Lewis to get to see uh, Sharksbury, Salisbury, and Spark this year. Um, just before we run into the general musings, Lewis, what was the you know give me a, give me a, a quick and dirty analysis of each team. So Spark, we knew were going to be uh, going to be very athletic, very fast. Um, 
Salisbury City, I think, still still quite not sure what what to expect from them. Again, they've kind of played some games this year where they've looked really good and and taken some impressive, but then they've they've come out and brain farted as well. And Chichester Sharks are, are certainly a team on the rise. Um, they had a, an up and down season last year, but they, I think things are certainly starting to stabilise in that camp. The, uh, the 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 good work of our of our colleague Gareth um, definitely paying off, and they're looking a little sharper, a little more consistent. Um, they're getting they're getting the, the fundamentals right, and uh, you know even when they don't necessarily score on drives, they're generally driving and taking seven or eight plays. Yeah. 100% I'd agree with all of that. Um, if you could combine the Gareth coaching with some of the athleticism of the, the Spark, you'd probably end up with an immediate premiership team. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I have to say. You know, I think it is one equals one there. And and if you put the facilities from Salisbury together, I mean, oh my God, it's it's like national championship level because what a, what, a, what a spectacle we were treated to, right, Lewis? Because we had not only cut grass, but we had lines, man. We Absolutely. had lines on grass for proper, proper fields, man. And there were toilets. It was, it was unreal. And it was sunny-ish. So I couldn't believe it, man. It was unreal. It, it didn't rain. So appreciate that, Salisbury. But yeah, definitely, uh, you know, the, the, the gold standard is is 3G. But I'll take painted lines as well because it's, it's, it's going to be tough to find a 3G pitch that's got five-a-side painted lines on it or allows you to paint lines on it. Yeah, the I rocked up really early because I left the house way too early. Um, uh, they was they were setting up. You know, the grass had been had been cut nice and trim. They were painting the lines on it for you know. You had not just the sidelines on on the end zones, but like a dash for the five yard line, a dash for the ten yard line. Yeah, really impressive facility. So always like to to give um give props to a, a team when their uh, when their facilities are impressive. For sure, for sure. Um, like, cool. Let, let us dive into the actual analysis of the day then. And obviously, Lewis, you and me, slightly slightly tied up with certain responsibilities in terms of playing on the day. Um, but where do you want to start? Well, let's, let's stick with the hosts um, because uh, they had a, a mixed day, I think. Um, and um, if we talk about teams who are sort of on similar levels, I think this uh, Salisbury City-Cardiff Bay Coyotes match is... There's certainly two teams that might be considered quite e- evenly matched. Um, I think I probably would have had um, Cardiff Bay winning this game um, beforehand, but Salisbury City put up a fight, end up winning the game 27-25. Not entirely sure whether it came down to a last-minute thing or whether it was you know Cardiff just, just run out of time, whatever. Um, but from what I saw of this game, there was certainly some sharp play um, and and I think it's uh, I think it is a bit of an upset for Salisbury to to come away with with a win in this in this one. So kudos to them for that. But um, then went on to to have a pretty um, pretty flat rest of the day at home. So you know maybe it was maybe it was just a, a rough day at the office for for Cardiff Bay and make who made them look good. But I mean after after an impressive twenty seven twenty five clutch win, they go on to get embarrassed by the Gwent Gators 34-6 and then Kingsham put a donut on them 37-0 so like it's a it's a hot start but couldn't couldn't keep it up yeah absolutely and and it the Kings in general we were we were Chris Greenless uh, much to much to Harrison's disappointment I know he sent us a, <laughs> a nice little message earlier in the season saying he was he was prepared to one-on-one versus Chris Green um 
but sadly, sadly we weren't able to give him the pleasure. But um, a pretty complete performance from the Kings. We managed to roll in our twos against against Marauders as well, and and get some valuable rep time as well, preparing for uh, for postseason action. Um, but yeah, completely agree. I think Salisbury as a team, uh, absolutely. Uh, I said it to them on the day. Great bunch of guys to play. It's not just because you know the games were the games are the way they are. It's more of a case of just good people to play. Um, really enjoyed seeing them. At, you know, we don't get to see them at all the regular, but probably a few few levers they need to pull to decide who they really are as a team, right? Because at the moment they're sharing around reps. They didn't have a they didn't have one quarterback on the day. They they wrapped around two different people. Um, some of the scheme was was changed. I mean, I, I got double blitzed at one point. I haven't been double blitzed <laughs> in five years, I don't think. Um, and it did confuse me, admittedly, because oh, I don't really have a package for that. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, there's probably there's probably some learnings to do from Salisbury there, but they'll take they'll take a lot of confidence from getting that Coyotes win. Um, and I, I, if whilst we're talking about it, a shout out to to our very own Pete Kiriakou, who got his very first ever pick six. That was that game, right? Uh, it was, it was, and we cleared the bench. Um, and rightly so. <laughs> right, rightly so. The Cardiff Coyotes put down the law, and they they gave us a sideline warning as we deserved to. But man, uh, uh, shout out to Pete purely on the basis of the fact that he's been stopped at the one yard line about seven times since he started playing flat football um, on picks, and finally, finally got <laughs> over the line, man. And we were just gassed for him, so uh, we made made the point of made the point of celebrating that with him. Made his day, that. He did. He did. Core memories. Core memories. Uh, cool. What else is there to talk about from Salisbury, Lewis? Um, I, well, that's it, really. They're not not an awful lot. That that, that their first game of the day, that twenty seven twenty five victory over the Coyotes, was um, was was their top highlight. As I said, they go out and and can only put one score against Gwent. Gwent, who had have, they had you know people trouble on the day. They certainly didn't have um, some of the some of the personnel that they would like to. Um, Dale puts himself down as QB three now, and he was he was quarterback in. So no Chris Leg. Um, I think Max. I think is this the this the backup quarterback's name. I'm not sure if I'm getting that right. I, I've always um, got to say it's Max Glover off the top yeah, of my that, head. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Um, and I believe because I talked to Dale before. I think he picked up an injury playing something like five aside earlier. Yeah, in the that that sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so no Max, no no CBL. Um, yeah, a couple of key people missing, and they got off to a rough start as well with a thirty-eight six loss to Chichester, but overcome their their demons and, and put up thirty-four on the Salisbury City Marauders. Uh, who yeah, after after a hot start, had a pretty miserable time of it. I think. Yeah, and I should give a shout out to Sharks being that game because we're we're doing them out of a, a big win, really, because they will see that as a as a fixture that they would have circled at the start of the year and gone. Actually, we want to give that one quite a good go and see if we can turn that over and to and, give and to have the I've had the points difference they had. That's that's pretty good for them. Yeah, and I ref that game, so I do actually have quite a quite a, a good bit of um a sort of understanding of it. So uh, Chichester just looked so clinical in it when when they had the ball. Uh, they were methodical. They marched downfield and they scored. And Gwent did not have an answer for their offense. Um, and then Gwent really stumbled at the beginning of the game. Um, you know, first the first uh, I think the first two or two out of the first three um, possessions uh, ended in deceptions, which which Chichester turned into uh, into points. It, I think I think it was something like thirty one points to nil um, or twenty eight points to nil, something like that. At, at the half, um, so you know it. Things got out of hand for Gwent real quick. For sure, for sure, it's one of those games that has just got away from them too too yeah. easily, and then you, it, fighting your way back into that is always going to be a losing battle. Yeah, it the game ran away from them quite early. 
But props, props to Sharks for their setup, their discipline, be able to see that game out because it's still, it's still impressive to keep a little on it in that way, even if the game goes away from a team very, very quickly, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. They, they were, they just, they were, they looked so business-like. They just did the business, got on the field, did their thing, uh, and looked pretty, pretty. You know, they didn't need to get into top gear. If there was going to be one team in flag football that would come off the bus wearing a suit, it, I feel like it would be the Sharks beat. Like, <laughs> they've, they've got that type of mentality where they're, and they would have club ties on as well. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's that type of organisation. I'm not sure I'm getting Shorty and Will to do that necessarily on the A team, um, but the rest of them might do it. But yeah, certainly from the Bs, there's a lot of professionalism there. Uh, they, they're all little Gareths. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> um, good stuff. And then, uh, do you want to talk about King Spark at all? or not? Oh yeah, this was definitely the uh, the marquee matchup, right? So this is the two uh, top of each divisions going head to head. Um, and uh, well, who, who like I, this, it's a shame we didn't do a preview show about this. I think this, I think we would have talked about this game quite a lot. Um, and, I, and I think for the for the neutral, uh, seeing a thirty nine twelve scoreline um, might be a bit of a, a disappointment and an anticlimax um, because again. This was, uh, I think, we, we, we kind of got ahead on the score uh, sheet quite early, and I remember um, I remember being on the sideline at one point whilst the defense were on, and and we were we were two scores up, uh, and turning to Pete and saying, you know, we can't, we got to, we got to keep our foot on the gas here because this this Spark team, they're fast, they're athletic, they they do splash plays, they can score at any minute, um, and as I, as the words leave my mouth, a rainbow pass is going from one end of the field from Joe Poling to the other end of the field. Uh, for a touchdown, I was just like, yeah, just like that. Yeah, um, and Joe so, Poland throws a pretty ball. First time yeah. I've seen him in action. He throws a good ball, man. It was a pretty ball, yeah. End end to end, a lovely spiral, um, and led his receiver nicely, who had a, a step or two on on the defender, um, and yeah, just just like that, on, on the flip of a coin, they were um, they they were one score in it again. So they they certainly pushed us all the way. Um, forced us to be to be almost perfect and um and and we i don't think we i don't think we can really say we ever felt 100 percent comfortable in this game until it was sort of within the last minute and a half two minutes of the game um and and the clock was then on our side uh but we kind of kept kept our foot down they forced us to be perfect and i think we were yeah, I'm going to do a couple of shout outs on my side and selfishly, you know, I'm a Kings player, but I'm, I'm going to do I'm going to do a little bit of props to my side. So obviously we dropped 39 on, the, on that stingy spark defense who up until that point in the season only had only conceded at best 21 to Ash Lewis and the Swansea, Swansea Hammerhead. So 39 is a big, big jump. Um, I've got a shout out to the defense because, again, that's the lowest amount that Spark have scored all year. Um, holding them to 12 previously was something like 19 or 18. Um, and then, yeah, and just in general for the Kings receivers, man, because I think we dropped one ball all day. Um, and that was Shrewsbury on a on a fly, which really should have got to. But, you know, he's, he's lazy. Um, <laughs> Bloody stupid, i say. Flipping students, man. And I got a shout out Ollie Shrewsbury and Nathan Uzzle both getting a passing touchdown each in uh, in the day as well. So uh, <laughs> multi fast. How, uh, got... how many yards combined? Two, I think two. <laughs> um, you know, you've got you've got. I appreciate Greener wasn't there for the day, but you have got Chris Green who can throw a big ball. You have got Lewis Phillips who can throw a big ball. You have got Jay who can check a ball down. And man, we're giving it to Ollie. Ollie Shrewsbury's doing the dirty work when it comes to getting the ball out. So, uh, and, and and props to him and shout out to him because he's going on going on his travels to South America for a year. So uh, it was nice to send him off in that way. 
Uh, cool. All right. I don't think there's anything else to talk about from the Salisbury game day. I think that's enough information. But let's do the table really quickly, and then let's talk about promotion relegation. So, top of the table at the moment, we've got Kings 14 and 0, followed closely by Swansea Hammerheads at 12 and 2. Spark and Buckinghamshire Wolves bring it up in three and four, uh, th- place three and four, ten and three respective, and nine and five respectively. Sharks B. Uh, Lofty in fifth with a seven and six record. Western Supers at seven and seven. Obviously, we know they're drop, they're dropping two games, so that'll change. Gwent Gators at seven and seven as well. Waveney at six and eight. Falcons at five and eight. Solstices in Marauders at four and ten. And then Cardiff Bay Coyotes at one and twelve. So of course they got their win against Solent, uh, who are zero and fourteen. Uh, so what does that look like in terms of promotion relegation? Um, I, I can't fathom the, the finals day stuff. So, Lewis, if you've got that in front of you in a minute, we'll come to that. But promotion relegation stuff uh, from a southwest perspective at the moment, the bottom of the premiership is Cheltenham Neptunes and Cannon Cougars. And the top of Division 1 is Cainsham King Swansea Hammerheads. And that gives us our four that will be going into the uh, promotion tournament as it stands at the moment in week six. And uh, because there are five teams in the southeast premiership, uh, it's just that Spartans team place that will be going. But as we said, there's a, there's a crunch match to go with the Panthers right at the end of the year. Um, and the top of D1, including obviously some of the teams from the Midlands, we've got Coventry Panthers, London Spark, and Buckinghamshire Wolves creeping in there as the number three team to make that four-team promotion so we can have a full premiership next year. Uh, but that, I feel like, could all change. Certainly the bottom of the premiership can all change. Huge momentum going into that last game of the year. Uh, we'll do a hopefully do a show to, to cover that. But Lewis, anything you want to say in terms of finals out looking for next for, for Manchester on the 10th and 9th of uh, September? Yeah, so uh, how does it look? So if we go to the Premiership first, um, if I can get this to come on. A shout out to the Premiership Games because you will have the subtle tones of Jay Bellamy and Ash Lewis up there uh, <laughs> talking you through some of the games. We're going to be musing. Um, we've got some games prepared if there's any blowouts or just to get us through half time. Um, so just whilst Liz is doing that, I'll give a, so, a little shout out. As things stand, uh, you've got your, your four division winners who will get a bye straight to uh, the quarterfinal. You've got London Smoke, Glasgow Hornets, Northlands Titans, Manchester Titans sitting in your one to four spots. So they get the bye. Uh, and then your... Uh, your next best, your know, wildcard matchups are going to be uh, quite quite a few quite a few HNC teams popping up here. So Greensmith Broncos and Edinburgh Outlaws will see each other once again for the five and twelve wildcard matchup. Manchester Crows and Chichester Sharks currently uh, mm. going to go head to head for the seven and ten wildcard. Um, Reading Devils and Coventry Phoenix, two southern teams to be matched up in the first round. That should be interesting. Um, and then Aberdeen All Cats, <clears throat> excuse me, Aberdeen All Cats and London Flash at the eight nine. So that's your first your first lot of uh, first lot, first round of games. Some good fixtures in there, and I'm not. I don't want to do a full bracket. Let's do a full bracket at the end of the year, right? But as as we stand right now after game day five, who's your national championship yeah, from the Premiership? You, I just can't see past London Smoke. I really can't. I think it's so automatic to me. You yeah. have to side with Smoke. I, I think Glasgow are probably the best place team to knock them off. Um, and I think that would be a really good final. But man, the, the Smokes do things differently. Um, I, I've got full confidence, at least, that they'd be in the final. Um, and I'd yeah. say they're definitely yeah. favourites to go and win it. And going through going through those scores earlier on, um, one thing that stood out to me when we were covering the Premiership stuff is like by all accounts, Aylesbury 
on Saturday was a complete washout, and they're still putting up sixty points. It's just yeah, ridiculous. Sure. The only, the only, the only, thing, and this is assuming the Hornets are the number two team, right, um, at the moment, which of course is an assumption, but it's it's a they fair are. one to make. Um, but they obviously did beat the smoke in Copenhagen in Sportmunda. Appreciate that's not always exact squad for exact squad. I know Liam Harper travelled with the Hornets, which gives them another another tool to their arsenal. But also, you've got to think most of that Hornets defence is GB Gold is going to be training against that essentially smoke offence, right? Um, plus a few other people from the GB Golds that are going into the Euros. There's obviously a little bit of material share that goes on there. You also get to see more plays. I think that game's going to be super tight. I don't think we realise. Appreciate smoke are super automatic at the moment in the South, but there's a there's a great opportunity, I think, from Glasgow to go and win that. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's going to be... Uh, that, was, is, uh, that is absolutely my final. Um, and I think it'll be a close game. But, um, you know, smoke just... They they seem to have the Hornets number uh, when it's you know when it's sort of full full man squads and and everything's on the line for sure for sure right let's talk about Division One so Division One sixteen teams um, I'll run through run through the seeds so uh, your top four that will uh, that will get two buys straight through to the quarterfinal you've got Cainsham Kings as the number one overall seed uh, second seed right on their tails. Um, with the the Renfrewshire Raptors uh, would absolutely love for Kingsham to slip up and, and give up that number one overall seed. Uh, Titans B really interesting season for them this year, uh, coming up with the third seed and fourth seed Coventry Panthers. Um, and then your your next division winners are Warrington Revolution and London Spark, who will go through to the round of eight. Uh, followed by the next best records in the round of eight, the Swansea Hammerheads at seven and uh, Moray Distillers are uh, eighth seed. Uh, and then your next best records um, from there, Leeds Samurai, Border City Centurions, Glasgow Killer Bees, Lincolnshire Longhorns, Nottingham Honey Badgers, Buckinghamshire Wolves, Chichester Sharks, B are also in a, 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 a playoff spot at the minute and Aberdeen Silvercats uh, rounding it out with 16th seed. It's going to be a big, big weekend for Chichester if uh, if both teams make the uh, both teams make the uh, um, Premiership, um, both teams make the uh, London. Uh, oh my God, Manchester finals! I'll get <laughs> apologies. Um, and again, guys, I'm going to push you and Lewis. If you say Kings, I will have to come round and tape your match up. So, <laughs> Division One national champions. Am I allowed to say Kings? You say what you want, Home Alone. You don't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think when you look at the quality of teams that the Kings have beaten um, so far, I, I think it, you have to give them the favourites. Um, I, I think there'll be other teams that probably think they'll um, at least show up well. I, I know Swansea Hammerheads um, made the final last year for Division One. Um, I know they they've won 11-12 on the bounce now. Um, so you, you imagine that they'll be going in with some good form, even if not in the Division winner spot, but for me, it's hard to look past the Kings right now. I think you've got so much going for you um, on offense, playing fantastically well um, on defense too. Um, so, yeah, I think Kings from Kings are my favorites, um, but my shout out would go to Swansea um, as second. Yeah, I, I haven't worked out what needs to happen for this for this to, to, to come to fruition, but it's difficult to see anything other than a Kings Hammerheads final. So I that's my prediction. Uh, if I'm not allowed to tell you who I think is going to win, no, um, then I'll... 
I think I yeah, I mean look, Keensham so far, you know, with with my completely uh unbiased head on um, you know, t- taking off all my all my king stash and gear and everything, and just being completely, you know, a, 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 an analyst on a podcast. It's difficult. To look. They, they're the number one seed for a reason. They are, you know, putting up putting up points uh, offensively. Um, it's it's with Swansea Hammerheads are the closest thing that I think in in this bracket. They're the closest team that that could, and and I think I think Kingsham are still the favourites, but they're still yet to play each other in the final in the final game of the season. So I do think that come game day six in in Gwent, we are we could possibly be seeing a a national championship um, preview. I think. I mean, just, uh, Swansea I think are on the same level. They're as good as Kingsham, and and I think both of those teams are. Slightly above um, everyone else in 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 the playoffs. Like I think, I, I, Renfrewshire Raptors are probably the team that I know the least about, um, and and you know they've done ex- ex- incredibly well to be to be second seed, and they've kind of run away with with the Highlands Div One division. So they're the team that I know the least about, um, and and maybe they could cause an upset. But I I do think yeah, Swansea and Canesham is uh, is probably um, on paper. Uh, the the two strongest teams with with Renfrewshire being very much um, gaining in the rearview mirror. I'm going to do my my full project manager thing here because I have three points to make. So the point number one, uh, I know nothing about Renfrewshire, um, so I'm just going to disregard them from my consideration at the moment because I don't know anything about them to know whether they are good, bad, overhyped, underhyped, whatever. So just take them out of my calculation right now. Um, to your point, Lewis, about Swansea versus Kings being a, a national championship preview, if you don't think that we are running only four hitches the whole game day, <laughs> am I showing that Swansea team anything new? God damn it, am I not? Hell no. Hell no, are they not getting full game plan against them? They are going to get vanilla ice. That's <laughs> right. And... All we've got to do is not lose by as much as we beat them in game day one, that's it. And and the nah, we just one... run yeah, all we gotta do is just run hitches. That's it. <laughs> right. Um and I'm sure like I, I can already see it now. Matty Ars is gonna pick off a hitch. He's gonna jump one and he's just gonna just uh, he's just gonna give you so much verbal when he when he scores. Um and then the other shout I wanna give I wanna give Coventry Panthers a shout out because obviously they're doing bits in Midlands right now. Um good team, operated well in the playoffs last year, went quite deep as far as I was aware and ran around the pitch quite well. Dan Birch having a good season as well. I think he's leading he's leading, I wanna say, uh the South in terms of touchdown passes, vaguely, I wanna say that's the stat, because not everybody puts their, everybody puts their things in League Republic. Um so yeah, I wanna give him a shout out as well. I think that's a strong offering from the from the Midlands division in that playoff bracket, in that finals bracket. Good stuff. All right, cool. Uh, hopefully we'll be back for the final game day to do a little bit of a preview show. Um, but until then, my name has been Jay Ballamy. I've been joined by Lewis Phillips and Ryan Homelone McKeveney. And until next time. That wraps up this episode. Find us on Facebook at First and 15 Podcast. Give us a like to keep up with all of our shows. Also check out our sponsor, Nuola, for all your customised sportswear supplies.
Maybe I'll just lock Harley out of the game. That seems like something I could do. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>